Ukraine. Uh, this is according to UN Human Rights Commission. About 1,200 civilians killed Ukrainians, 100 children in that group. 100 children are dead because of Vladimir Putin. Just think about that. Uh, about 10 million refugees we reported last week, and that number is coming up. Uh, 4 million have left the country, 6 million wandering around in Ukraine. This is for the UN High Commissioner for Refugees. Russian casualties are estimated between 7,000 and 15,000 Russian troops. Nobody knows. The Russian government reports 1,351 troops killed. That's a lot. <laughs> They're saying it. But it's far more than that. Because uh, they're going to tell you the truth. The only free press organ in Russia named Navaya Gazeta, okay, has been shut down. So Putin says... No reporting at all. We don't want anything other than what the government's going to tell them. And there are negotiations that will be between the Russians and the Ukrainians in Turkey. I assume Istanbul might be Ankara on Tuesday and Wednesday. I don't think they're going to lead to anything. Um, now, Putin said he invaded uh, Ukraine because he doesn't want NATO on his eastern border. NATO's doubling its presence on the eastern border because of the and I said this last week, invasion. So Putin, you know, next time you hear Putin smart, maybe not. Um, Joe Biden. So he's back in D.C. after a three-day trip, uh, Brussels and Poland. But in Poland, he, <laughs> I mean, all right, just roll the tape on Biden in Poland. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia, for free people refused to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principles, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. Whoa, he's talking about bad Vlad. Now, everyone in Europe, and I think probably in Ukraine around the world, want to cease fire. Okay, they want Putin to stop shooting. Now, Biden says, well, I can't stand power. And they're all going, oh, my God, we just want it to stop. We'll take care of Putin after that. So within an hour, Secretary of State Blinken goes, no, 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 no. We're not calling for regime change. I think the president just did that. Now, he's right. Putin can't stay. But you've got to do it incrementally. Biden, no, he says, no. So now we got another controversy all about that. Then NBC comes out with a poll. Now, the Biden administration thought it was going to get a bump from Ukraine. They thought that Americans would rally around uh, the executive, the commander in chief, because of the invasion. As it happened, according to NBC, uh, their poll says, do you approve or disapprove of the job Joe Biden is doing? Approve 40 Disapproved 55, the lowest ever number for NBC. And other polls, Rasmussen and some others, got Biden in the mid-30s. Okay, so NBC goes, whoa. And they don't know what to do over at NBC because NBC is the most liberal network. More liberal than CNN or ABC or CBS. They're really in a tank for the Democrats. They don't know what to do. Their own people are saying, oh, this is really a disaster. And while we are on the subject of polls, you may know that Mark Penn, he's a frequent guest on the No Spin News. He runs a, a poll, Harvard Harris, and they have new uh, things out that are interesting. 1,900 and almost 2,000 registered voters. 
All right. And uh, it's usually a fair poll. So <clears throat> I want to bring in Mr. Penn now. He joins us from Miami, where he's on spring break. He's usually out uh, on the beach with the Speedo, uh, with the, with the, you know, but now he, you know, came in to talk to us. And we really appreciate it, Mark. Thank you. Um, first of all, job approval. NBC had it uh, 40% approval for Joe Biden. You have it at 39. That's the same. And as I said, the White House thought they were going to get a bump from how Biden is handling Ukraine, but he has not. Why? Well, because the number one issue is inflation, and inflation is is raging, and consumers are unhappy with inflation. And uh, and people think that uh, the president of the United States probably should have stopped Putin from engaging in this in the first place. So uh, it's very hard for... President Biden to to get a win or a bump out of this because uh, he kind of owns it. And in fact, I think it's all downside for him, not much upside, because if Putin wins, he's going to look even worse. I suppose he might get a bump if he's able to be part of uh, negotiating a resolution. Yeah, I mean, they'll they'll say he kept us out of World War Three. That's what the Democrats will say. You'd have to do that. Is there a Trump factor in here, though? Um, because, you know, obviously Putin, he misbehaved a little bit with the hacking and all that, but he didn't do anything nearly this insane under Trump. Do Americans, are they calibrating Biden's uh, Putin situation with Trump in the rear view? Well, most voters do think that if, uh, that, that under President Trump, Putin was restrained from doing something like this and that, that, that if, if Trump were president, he wouldn't uh, have done it. So I think that underscores the notion that that I think Biden gets a lot of blame here. But again, I wouldn't I wouldn't I think the administration underestimates the fact that the voters are really upset about the economy, number one. Uh, and number two, this is, you know, the increasing global mess is not something that he's going to get any credit for at the moment. Uh, if anything, the voters are kind of upset that he's moving. Korea seems to get, be getting more aggressive. They don't know what's going to happen with China. You know, he's maybe doing a deal with Iran instead of, you know, bucking up uh, our allies. So, so you know, they, I think yeah, they don't have any confidence about his foreign policy. I don't, I don't think many people have confidence in Joe Biden. And your next question uh, is right on that. Do you think the country's right track or wrong track? Right track 34, I don't really know who these people are, but they probably live in California, even though they're paying seven bucks a gallon out there. Wrong track 58. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with Americans not being engaged, most of them with the media. So you and me, we know what the media is doing. We follow everything. And, and people watch the No Spin News, of course they do. But the majority of Americans, they don't. They don't watch network news or cable news and not really consuming news. But all of a sudden, they're paying twice as much for a gallon of gas. They're going to get angry. They're behind the curve, but they're going to take it out on the leader. I think that's what's going on. Yeah, no, I think people are unhappy with the country. They're unhappy with the economy. If you look at the the, the president's ratings, even given the that the virus is receding, he's not really getting any credit for that. In fact, he's underwater there. He's underwater with inflation. He's underwater with immigration, crime, foreign affairs. I mean, the truth is, as you said, there's a lack of confidence in the president uh, at the moment on virtually any issue. And yeah, it takes some major work, right? It in your poll, major. 
every issue he's underwater. Uh, here's something very interesting. If the midterm congressional election were held today, who would you vote for? Democrat 47, Republican 53. That's closer than I would think it would be. Can you analyze that for us? Well, that's actually a pretty big split for the Republicans because there's something funny about that question. Even when it comes out three or four points Democratic, usually the vote is even. I haven't really figured out why. So when you see that kind of split in favor of the Republicans, that actually is a is an enormous split. And then what also happens is that the coasts tend not to change all that much and all the swing areas have even even a more exaggerated change, which is why, you know, right now if the administration doesn't doesn't really change course here, you know, this is a wave election against the Democrats. But it can't change course because inflation is not going to come down that quickly. I mean, gas prices in my town did drop about three or four cents, and that's going to be on a, a worldwide market you're going to see. But we're still going to be paying more for everything, and then you can't six months knock that down. Now, your next question is, is a provocative one. Is Joe Biden mentally fit to serve as president? Mentally fit, 45 percent. Have doubts about his fitness, 55 percent. I've never seen that number in a president uh, in my lifetime. Uh, well, I think that's right. I think I think the number one, you know, we used to track all the time is should you impeach Trump or is he going to get the number one thing with Biden is, is is he mentally fit and competent? And so we track that on every poll. And, and these numbers are, are, are not good. And I, I don't think this correction of the gaffe really helps them. If I were the White House staff, I would not have done what they're doing, spending two days correcting what the president said. Oh, I know, because uh, it makes him look like he's not in charge, but they had to do it because NATO was in such an uproar. They want the shooting to stop. And that's, you know, by saying we're going to get you, Putin, that's not going to stop the shooting. So that's what that was all about. This, this question, maybe you can, I know you can explain it to me. All right, the most favorable political figures in the world. Trump is number one in your poll. Pence, number two, and Bernie Sanders, number three, Bernie Sanders. Well, I, I think, you, you know, people always liked him personally. They didn't agree with uh, his positions on things, but they they liked him. And he always prevent, you know, presented this kind of avuncular kind of uncle kind of kind of persona that, that actually Biden used to have a, a very likable persona. But all that's gone. And uh and, uh, you know, since Trump is not on Twitter and Facebook, it seems to help his likability. But nobody's <laughs> above 50 percent. I mean, even he's at 48. Uh, and so no one's getting above 50 percent in terms of leadership scores. And the last one is least favorable people. Kristen Sinema, the senator from Arizona, number one, Chris Cuomo and Putin. Now we know Putin, but Kristen Sinema and Chris Cuomo, I was surprised. Uh, well, you, you, you really can't look at the least favorable, just look at the unfavorable because, uh, or the, the favorable number, because with Kristen Sinema, a lot of people don't know her. So, so her small favorable is because of that. You really look at the ratio. And when you look at the ratio, uh, you really see how, you know, Pelosi, you know, how negative she really is and AOC and Chris Cuomo for that matter. And of course, wow. wow. I'm glad I didn't make that list, Mark. Thank you for keeping me off it. And uh, we appreciate your time. Again, Mark Penn is the CEO of Stagwell, Inc. All right. So can Joe Biden make a comeback? 
can he stop the bleeding, turn the midterm elections in November around, which now looks like it's going to be a Republican route? Is there any hope? So I asked myself to come up with a really smart guy who does this every day, who's not an ideologue, not an ideologue. Hello, are we listening to me? That's not what we want here on this broadcast. We want smart people with no agenda. So we found one, our old pal Scott Rasmussen, who you'll remember I used many times on The Factor over the years. Now, Scott uh, doesn't run the Rasmussen polling operation any longer. He sold it for buku money, and, and he's living large now in Florida on those proceeds. But he did start a company called RMG Research, and uh, he's editor-at-large at Ballotpedia, Ballotpedia, which follows all political races in the USA of note. Do I have that right, Scott? Did I describe you correctly? You described me correctly. Um, I love my work at Ballotpedia, and RMG Research is letting me poll, and it's, uh, it, there's a lot of topics we explore these days. The world has changed a lot, but some of the basics are the same. Okay, uh, so let's... Joe Biden, yeah. Let's walk through it. In your opinion, based on the numbers that you are seeing, can President Biden make a political comeback? Well, the numbers say he's in trouble, as you pointed out. The question, can he make a comeback, is more about him. You know, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, they had rough times in the polls heading into the midterms. They all came back. I mean, Reagan got to the point where he won 49 states. The big difference Joe Biden does not have the political skills that those leaders had. So it's very difficult for me to see how he comes back from this. He may rebound a little bit, uh, but the notion that he will re return to a level that he saw early in his administration or to the levels of Barack Obama, not going to happen. Okay. My problem with uh, Mr. Biden is that he doesn't understand cause and effect. He doesn't understand when he does something like shut down pipelines, ban drilling, cut down the uh, efficiency of the American oil industry, that he weakens the nation. He doesn't understand that when he spends trillions and trillions of dollars and print money to cover that, that rises inflation. Joe Biden doesn't understand, in my opinion. And that's why he can't make a comeback. Do you feel that my opinion has validity? Well, you know, I can't say specifically what the president does or does not understand about those issues, but it certainly appears that way. Uh, the other thing I would say more fundamentally is he doesn't seem to understand why he was elected. I mean, basically, there were two promises of the Biden campaign. He wouldn't tweet. There wouldn't be all the drama of President Trump. And he would be very competent in running the government. Uh, and he's over two. I, I guess he hasn't tweeted. Uh, but he certainly hasn't been competent, and he really got carried away pursuing this progressive agenda that is wildly out of touch with where the American people are. Those as mistakes a, a pollster, have led, every, led to everything else. As a pollster, what percentage of the American people are progressive left? That, and what that means for everybody watching and listening tonight is that they believe that the country, United States, is fundamentally flawed and we need a drastic overhaul in all areas, criminal justice, economics, whatever it may be, elections, they don't want voter ID, open borders, they believe in all that. What percentage 
of we the people fall into that category. If you want to talk about any of those individual issues, you might get to 15 or 20 percent. Okay. If you want people who have totally bought into that worldview, you're closer to 10 percent. Then why would Joe Biden, who's been a centrist Democrat in the Senate, why would he allow those far left people to dictate what he does? Well, again, I don't know what's motivating the president, but what I do see is there is a bubble. There is an elite bubble in this country. There's media personalities. It is large corporations. It is people in Washington, D.C. These folks really kind of aren't. Maybe it's because they feel guilty about success. They really do support an agenda that is out of touch with the rest of America. To give you a great sense, the group that gives President Biden the highest job approval ratings are people with a postgraduate degree. Everybody else is seeing a different president and a different presidency. So I think it's the bubble that he lives in, and he's really not hearing voices from the American people. Well, he is an isolated president, there's no doubt about it, because his staff believes that he's prone to gaffes, you know, saying things that are going to get him in trouble. And many believe that he's diminished. Now, in your polling, I guess the majority of people now feel that Joe Biden's mental acuity is on the decline. Is that true? Um, it's certainly a factor, and it's something that you see in the polls. This is one of those things that's really difficult to put your finger on because some people don't even like to talk about it. But yes, there is, if I put it in the larger sense of their questioning his competence, the competence of his administration, that is absolutely a factor. It really kicked in with the debacle of the Afghanistan withdrawal. Okay. Now, if you have a president who is incompetent, as Biden has been for 14 months, then are Americans going to admit that they made a mistake in voting for him and the Democratic Party, which is doing everything it can to boost him up? All right. Will people admit, I made a mistake? I may despise Donald Trump, but he'd be better. And you don't even have to say Donald Trump. You could say any Republican. All right. I made a mistake in voting Democrat for Biden. Do you think the electorate is ready to do that? Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA with more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers? I have their trees and plants at my home and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get a extra 15% off by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. It's hard for people to admit the mistakes, as you made, made clear right up front. I believe if, if you define admitting a mistake as voting for the other party in the midterms, absolutely. Uh, 
if, if it's admitting a mistake is thinking ahead to 2024, it's difficult right now. I don't think Joe Biden's going to run again. It'll be difficult for any president. No, he's not going to run think, again. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that's going on here is the political left assumed that Donald Trump was promoting these wacko policies. They didn't understand that even people who don't like the president liked a lot of his policies. And that has thrown them in a bad direction. Yeah, so will the that's American partly Donald say, that's partly Donald Trump's fault, which is yes. what I why I did the history tour to stop that crazy bombast and get into the policy successes. And when he was with me, he was fine. But now he's right back to Oh, the election, and, and then, you know, all right. So from my analysis, and this is the last question I have for you. My analysis of the poll shows that independent voters, which elected Joe Biden, okay, that was the deciding factor, independence. Sure was. They have gone way against Biden now. They don't want to hear about Biden. Am I wrong? You are correct on that, and the Democrats will pay a price for it in November. The only question is, how good a, a year will it be for the Republicans? There's still some concern among the GOP, or at least there should be, that they might not get control of the Senate. They're favored to do so, but it might not happen. Uh, but it's going to be a good year for the Republicans, and it's all because of President Biden. Okay. Um, tell us uh, just a little about Ballotpedia. Can the folks benefit from doing what? Ballotpedia is the encyclopedia of American politics. Uh, it has more data, neutral data on any topic. In fact, it's the only political site out there that has a readership, including Republicans, Democrats, independents, progressives, and conservatives, because you get just the facts. So and, and how do we get it? How do, how do we get it? You how go you online to ballotpedia.org. All you have to do. Um, it's free. Uh, you're not it's charging. It's free. Nope, it's free. You can sign up for newsletters. It's a great service. Ballotpedia, one word, B A L L O T P E D I A dot org. Yes. And there's Scott Rasmussen. Um, I'm going to ask my staff to go on every day, Scott, so we may be bothering you in the future to come on and uh, explain certain races to us. Uh, as the midterms get closer. We really appreciate your time. Good to see you, Scott. Thank you. Good to see you. One of the things that Joe Biden has no clue about is narcotic smuggling into the United States. So I remember a long time ago when Donald Trump first became president, I had a conversation with him about uh, the drug cartels in Mexico. And I told or suggested, I, I shouldn't use the word told when I'm talking to a president, I suggested to President Trump that he might look into designating the Mexican drug cartels as terrorist groups. And I said, if you do that, then you can drone them. And, and believe me, when you read Killing the Killers, my new book, what do you see? The weapons we have in space. But anyway, I said, if you designate the Mexican cartels terror groups, which they absolutely are, because they're killing hundreds of thousands of Americans, okay, you can go in and kill them. The United States can go in and kill them. We don't need Obrador in Mexico to do it. Anyway, the president, Trump, did that. He brought it to Obrador. He says, I'm going to do this unless 
you take much more aggressive action against the cartels and seal the border with your military, which Obrador did. That was the Remain in Mexico policy. So Obrador sealed the southern border with Guatemala and the northern border with the USA by using his military. First time that ever happened in Mexican history. And it happened because Trump threatened to designate the cartels as terror groups, and Obrador did not want that. Okay. The moment Joe Biden became president, Obrador pulled all his troops off both borders because he knew that Biden wouldn't do anything to stop the migrants or the narcotics. That was um, on inauguration night. That's how quick that happened. So um, now Angus King, you know Angus King? He's the independent senator from Maine, but he's not an independent. He's a liberal Democrat. He always votes with the liberal Democrats, Angus King. Well, Angus King is really mad about all the narcotics flooding into not only Maine, but the United States. Roll it. Here's what's bothering me. If this were a terrorist cell in Latin America, killing 100,000 Americans a year, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about not enough ASR, ISR and, and allocating it. I'm, I'm really absolutely sick of this. This is, the, this is one of the, the drug trade is one of the primary threats to this country. It's killing two people a, a, a day in my state. Who's in charge? What individual in the United States government is in charge of stopping drugs coming from Latin America? Biden's in charge. Biden. That's who's in charge. Not doing anything. It's an open border policy. Absolute open border policy. So Senator King shouldn't be directing his remarks to the subcommittee on emerging threats. That's what he was doing. He should be asking for a meeting with Biden. Now, on May 12, 2021, almost a year ago, here's what I said on this broadcast. So on my uh, press tour for Killing the Mob, I tell many of the interviewers who ask about contemporary mob involvement that organized crime loves Joe Biden. Now, why would I say that? Well, since he has been president, there have been more than 450,000. Just think about this for a minute. 450,000 foreign nationals who have confronted Border Patrol or ICE agents on the Mexican border. 450,000 in 100 days. So drug interdiction, which comes under Border Patrol ICE, stopping narcotics coming from Mexico, that has evaporated. The cartels are now smuggling more methamphetamine, cocaine, heroin, and the other pernicious drug. Uh, I'll think of it the opioid that kills you, okay, fast. More are coming in now than have ever before in U.S. history. Fentanyl, fentanyl, okay? More drugs, hard drugs than at any other time in our history flooding in because of Joe Biden's crazy open border policy. And Biden has done absolutely nothing to stop narcotics from flowing into the United States. And it, it, it's a terror threat. It's a, you know, I kind of wish in hindsight that uh, President Trump did designate the cartels as terror groups 
because then, as I mentioned earlier, you would see you're going to see the weapons when you read Killing the Killers, which is out May 3rd. You'll see the weapons that we have. Nobody knows what we have. All right. And I had to put it in the book because that's how they're tracking down the jihadists, the ISIS and Al Qaeda's and Boko Haram's with these weapons. You can do this with the cartels. I mean, it's where do you see this? These weapons, what we have. So anyway, um, I thought that was very interesting. You'll never see this reported anywhere else. But it's entirely President Biden's fault that we're flooded with narcotics in this country. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, there's a poll by the Wall Street Journal. Uh, They ask people, do you think Biden's going to run again? 52% of Americans say he is not going to run, right? Only 29% expect him to run for a second term. 29%, okay? 19 don't know. Among Democrats, 41% of Democrats say they don't think Biden's going to run again. And he's not. Now, I'll get into that in another day at another time. You all know the poll numbers. You all know inflation. You all know the chaotic state that we're living in in America today. There's just no way he's going to run again. All right. So let's bring in a uh, guy who does this for a living, who analyzes uh, politics for a living, sees down the road. I want to advance the story. His name is Bob Charles. He comes to us from Phoenix, Arizona. He's the director of communications for First Strategic. Okay. So all Bob does to make a living is politics. You know, I feel sorry for you, Bob. I mean, I do Trust a lot of politics, but I do other stuff. I, I, I don't know what I do if I just all politics. But anyway, in my analysis, have you seen anything that you disagree with? Number one. Quick and easy answer. No, I can expound on that a little bit. In that, and nowadays, it's assumed that the president is going to run for reelection. The last president that didn't was Lyndon Johnson. 
And to the point with the 29%, 29% of people are looking at Joe Biden and saying, yeah, he's going to run again. I got to tell you, Bill, if you're if I'm running your campaign and you're running for reelection and I see that number, I figure out a way to pull you out of that race. So, yeah, yeah he's not running again. OK, so I said on the radio today, the Democrats don't have any viable candidate, certainly not Kamala Harris. She's polling worse than Biden and looks mm-hmm. like a 12 year old when she gets into a situation where she has to articulate danger if she can't. So she's off the board. Governors, I guess there are a few Democrat governors they could put out. But do you see anybody who could give the Republicans at this juncture, things can change, of course, uh, a run in 2024? No. And then there's I got to say, there's not somebody that jumps out. And have you look at maybe Biden's cabinet, you got a Buttigieg or, uh, you know, maybe retread trying uh, Beto or somebody like that. Not but no, no there's nobody that jumps to the front. No, there's no yeah. way. There is a Democrat who could give the Republicans a run, and her name is Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Okay? I, so that's what I said on the radio today. I said, no Hillary Clinton. Americans don't like Hillary Clinton. Um, she wants it, and she's raising money. But if Michelle Obama decides to run, and she would not decide until very late, Okay, and she obviously I've said she doesn't have any interest. She doesn't want to do it. But Michelle Obama is the only Democrat in this country at this juncture who could give the Republicans, as things stand now, a race. Do you agree? She would be formidable uh, because of not just who she is, but there's there's that there's an emotional appeal. There's a a younger appeal. uh, There's the energy that. Yeah. Frankly, I mean, look, let's I don't mean this is any disrespect to the president, but he is showing his age uh, and at 79, you know, to be in his 80s is his next term. People look at that and they say, no way. That's where Michelle Obama, young and vibrant, been around. People could get she could inspire. Yeah, and she'll Congress. get the minority precincts to to support her and she'll raise a ton of money, probably record breaking amounts of money. But she's a very, very liberal woman. And Mm -hmm. her husband didn't really do that well in eight years. Now, that won't matter to the ideologues, but to the independents, Bob, as you know, in Arizona, independents are huge now. Okay, independents will decide the next presidential race. So she's not a lock to win, but she is a lock if she wants it for the nomination. Right. Absolutely. And then when you you mentioned the independents, especially in Arizona, Arizona, is now one of the most important states in the entire nation when it comes to determining an election. Uh, Should those independents swing, which now, by the way, I don't know if you know this, uh, Maricopa County, the largest county in Arizona, has just in the last month become uh, primarily independent uh, as a major voting bloc. Bob, I know everything about Arizona. There's nothing (laughs) I don't know about the entire state because it's my business to know. All right, last question. Do you agree with me that the midterms will be a slaughter and the Republicans, you know, they'll take both houses, I believe, and they may even have veto-proof majorities? Let me give you two points. There has never been, you can look at it statistically, under Trump, Obama, Clinton in 94, any time a president has entered this stage of the race uh, in the approval ratings where they're at, they have lost majorities in the House. So if I look at statistics, I say, absolutely, Biden, I'm sorry. 
you are going to lose a lot of votes in the House. That doesn't mean that we still can't snatch that victory away. Uh, if we continue to talk about things that are not things people don't care about, um, then we can mess this up as, as Republicans. We can blow this opportunity. Okay. All right, Bob, we appreciate it very much. Thank you. Um, and let us move along now to another poll, Rasmussen. It's about higher gas prices. It's a simple poll. How serious of a problem are rising gasoline prices for your personal budget? Serious or very serious, 81%. Not serious, 18 I guess they're the ones who lives in Palm Beach, all right? Not West Palm Beach, the difference, Palm Beach, 81%. Okay, has the rising gasoline caused you to drive less? 59% yes, 39% no. Has the rising gasoline caused you to reduce spending on other purchases? 61% less, no 35, and that signals a recession. Consumer spending is dropping fast because of inflation. I hate to give you that kind of news, but you got to prepare. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, here is the final thought of the day. So I went to uh, my doctor last week. Remember, I told you the three things you must have in this life in America are a doctor you trust, a lawyer you trust, and the financial planner you trust. If you don't have them, research, get, get them. So my doctor, looking out for me, wants to keep me on the planet as long as possible. About a year ago, I had high blood sugar. That leads to diabetes. And sugar leads to inflammation inside your body. It affects everything. It's like tobacco. But in the sugar industry, which is everything in our food industry, you'll never hear that. Never hear how bad sugar is, but it's bad. Okay, so I had really high elevated blood sugar. So I said, okay, no more sugar. I knocked it out. Didn't take a pill. Don't like pills. 
didn't take them. Just got uh, a reasonable diet. Sourdough bread instead of white and rye and wheat. Sourdough bread doesn't have that sugar content. Okay. No sugar drinks. All right. I got the drinks that have very, very little sugar. Water, iced teas with not a lot of sugar. There's a million of them. There's a million of them. I don't like the artificial stuff, sweeteners. So I just get the ones of very low sugar content. And then I watched it. But if you watch the sugar, the uh, candy and the cookies, the snacks and the bread, it's going to come down. So the guy who is the gold standard here for good eating is Tom Brady. All right. The football quarterback who at 45 years old is going to be the starting quarterback for Tampa Bay next year, next September, next season, I should say. So here I know Brady a little bit. He's a good guy. okay? but he's a fanatic. So I can't do what he does, but I want to tell you what he does because it's interesting. So 80% of Brady's diet is fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts. I eat cashew nuts. Cashew nuts cut your hunger. If you're hungry about, you know, like this, pop a few. And cashew nuts are tasty to me anyway. Seeds and legumes. 20% protein, chicken. Brady does eat steak, red meat, seafood. Okay. Um, he disciplines his portions. So when you feel you're full, that's it. So when I was a kid, it was like, you're going to clean your plate because there are kids in Korea that don't have any food. My reply to my father was, well, we'll put a stamp on this terrible potato and send it over to him. And that was like three days in the basement. But anyway, 75% full stop. Brady uh, doesn't eat within three hours of him going to sleep. And that's smart. So I've kind of brought my dinner thing down uh, six, around, I don't eat after seven because it just lays there. All right. So Brady in breakfast, he goes avocado and eggs. Avocado's okay. I'm not a big crazy avocado guy. It's all right. Eggs a couple of times a week for me. Um, lunch, salad with nuts and fish. All right. I like fish. Um, I like it grilled. And dinner, uh, vegetables, and plain chicken. I don't know if I can do that. I can have a little more tasty stuff. Um, I can eat chicken once in a while. And then um, Brady snacks on guacamole and mixed nuts. Again, I eat the cashews. He drinks 12 to 25 glasses of water a day. You don't have to do that because Brady's working out like a madman. But water does cut your uh, hunger as well as cashew nuts. So, you know, drink a little water. You don't take it to church like these morons do. Again, last week at Mass, I'm sitting there, I got a big jug of water. I whispered to him, do you think the priest is going to change it into wine? Little wise guy, even at Mass, okay? But what do you do? Are you bringing water? You, for 45 minutes, you can't go without it? Boy. Um, Brady, no white sugar? Nope. No white flour, okay? So Brady's 45. And I'm a little older than him. And he throws a football. I threw a football really well, I have to say. I could get that ball out there 60 yards in my prime um, with some zip on it. But what I'm trying to do to, for you is if you do consume the sugar as you get older, it will hurt you. Okay? Just cut it down. You'll see the weight just melt off. I mean, you don't have to be running eight miles or on a treadmill. You just should get your diet down. I have to take the terror dog out three, four times a day, so I get that thing, uh, that walk. 
but it's all reasonable, reasonable, reasonable. Now, I was at uh, Maniscalco on Saturday. I had two cookies and they were really good. So you can once or twice a week, you know, do a little ice cream, a little cookie. It's life. All right. So you don't have to be a Spartan like Brady. Brady never gets out of it. He's always like this, but he loves it. I mean, he's convinced himself that that's a lifestyle he wants forever. And the guy is as healthy as you can get. At least now he is. That's not going to help you against COVID. But the point here is this, that nobody's going to tell you that sugar is terrible for you. Next time you go into the deli or a grocery store, pick up one of those drinks, one of those Starbucks drinks, one of those iced tea, Snapple drinks or whatever. And look how many grams of sugar. It's shocking. It's shocking. And your teeth, you know how painful it is to have gum work and teeth work. What do you think's eroding your teeth and gums? Sugar. That's what? I mean, it's just like even the urchins, I tell them, what are you you in that Twizzler for? What is that? You know, I almost try to embarrass them. Now they're getting a little bit older, so they don't. But when they were kids, I want the Twizzler. I said, why don't you just take a rock and bang it on your head? It's the same damage you're doing. I know. Not a benevolent dad, right? Okay, summing up. I want you to be healthy. I do. You're my audience, all right? I want you to be healthy. When you're healthy, you're much happier because you're not in pain. And you can do more things. Particularly when you get older, you want to enjoy life. You want to travel. You want to go here. You've got grandkids or you've got kids. or You're going to spend some time with them. If you're loaded down with inflammation, sugar-generated inflammation, you're not going to be able to do it. So let's get motivated out there. This is the longest final thought I've ever done, but I think it's the most important. I really believe that you could... I did. It wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard. There's so many things that you can bring in that aren't going to hurt you. you got to get used to them a little bit. All right, a little bit, but not a lot. You just... Trial and error. And then once in a while, you want the cupcake or whatever, take it. Good. But if most of the time, you're disciplined. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We'll see you tomorrow.